You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And greetings, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on? Thursday, October 28th. You're listening to not just the Locked On Padres podcast, but it is a crossover special with Mr. Steve Granado of Locked On Angels. Sir, how are you doing on this this fine? We're recording on a Wednesday, but how are you doing on this fine uh, week? On this fine, uh, on fine Thursday that is in a Thursday. I'm doing great <laughs> on this Thursday. Uh, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. This is a first crossover for me, so exciting. Uh, yeah, very exciting, man. I've, we haven't talked before. Uh, and again, everybody, thank you for making Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Angels your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, look, I wanted to have Steve on one because, look, it's the off season. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's very hard to do content sometimes. You know what I'm saying, man? Uh, so, like, I'm always just, like, looking for people. And I love doing crossovers. But I especially love doing crossovers with new folk. And you are indeed new. You joined Locked On maybe within the last month or so. At least that's what it feels like. Yeah. Maybe. My apologies if you secretly been here for five months and I didn't realize. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Uh, so oh, I could have been here for that long. I could I could have been here yeah, for this long, have, right? but I had to go through all the you know the the Locked On legalities to to get here. But yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's been about a month. Maybe yeah, about many five contracts, weeks. a lot of paperwork. Yeah, yeah that kind of stuff. Uh, so. I guess, like, introduce yourself, man. Like, what's going on? What brought you into being intrigued by this team? What is your fan origin story? Mine has been discussed ad nauseum by Padres Twitter a lot and how I have a bit of fan of them for my whole life. So I'm a traitor and what have you. But kind sure. of, you know, how'd you get into the Angels, man? Uh, yeah, born born here in California, Orange County, L.A. County, right on the edge. Um, so, I mean, literally, like lived in LA County, went to school in LA County, but like ate dinner in Orange County. Like that's literally like I'm right on the edge of, of uh, the two counties right here. Um, so grew up half an hour, 20 minutes away from angel stadium, grew up a, an angels or a Dodgers fan for like a couple hot years when I was like baby, baby, but don't remember, you know, that's like diaper. Don't remember at all. My dad got mm. upset with trying to get to Dodger stadium. So he's like, let's start going to angel stadium um, back when the Rams were here. And, you know, the A was on the different side and, you know, it's a completely different ballpark at that point. Uh, but yeah, that's that's when I started going to Angels games and, you know, doing the Little League days and things like that. And been been with it for, God, what is it now? About 20 plus years, 25 years or so since since that started happening. So guess I guess that means makes me a lifer. I guess that puts me right there. And uh, and I live right here in Anaheim, too. So I'm right down the street from the ballpark. So it's it can't get much better than. Than being right here, unless of course we were still playing here in the in the late October, but that that's a different conversation. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, it's 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 slightly different, <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Look, and let me tell you, with October, I mean, both of our teams. Now, granted, I will say your team looked like it was eliminated a lot sooner than I was, so I don't want to act like yeah. As soon as I Mike Trout quite, like I slide. understand quite the same way. But right when Mike Trout made that yeah, slide, as soon as the Mike Trout, <laughs> that, that that's when we were eliminated. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of like. Look, and as my voice cracks like heinously there, um, it's just kind of been, you know, the Angels are one of those teams that has their own way of misery. Um, Thank you. It isn't as like wretched and cursed as, say, the New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns, the New York Mets, and to its own, um, to their own degree. 
because they have won a World Series, you know, at least this century, I think. Barely, 2002. I'm getting that wrong. Um, barely. Barely. <laughs> Bare, Actually, barely you know what? As we're recording series, this, like I know this one. comes out on Thursday, but as we're recording this, today is the 19-year anniversary of the Angels World Series winning Game 7 over the Giants. Ah, so how about that? Beautiful. It's almost like I – no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I didn't play that whatsoever. I just didn't Well, I didn't I'm going to stop you there. I'm going <laughs> to stop you there, dude, because – there is misery on mm-hmm. this team, dude. Like, okay, maybe it's not as long standing as the Mets. It's whatever, not in but... the it's not in the F tier, is what I sure. mean. You guys are like in the D tier. Sure. You know? I yeah. We're we're yeah. Give me a letter grade D. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so it's not quite as as heinous as those teams. But for you guys, I'm just wondering, like, you know, before we get into what we're gonna talk about and why this relates to the Padres with certain manager candidates, we will get to that in a second, but like I'm just kind of wondering, covering this team, how do you do it? What is your bit? What do you go for? What is it that you you did a great episode the other day talking about that that one dude? What's his name? Uh, Shohei Otani. Never heard of him. Uh, and like the the best opposing broadcaster calls yeah. of his home runs. That was really great. But just in general, how are you going about your workflow and everything? How's your regular work life going? How's I don't know Halloween going, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's the off season? Is that what you're saying? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. It is just I mean, bit. it's Shohei content uh, as hard as possible. That I mean, it, this the second someone says Shohei Otani, it's like all of Japan wakes up and and turns on the episode. So uh, that mm-hmm. that is yeah, we're covering Shohei as much as we can. He obviously just won the Commissioner's Award last night, two days ago. As you're watching this, if you watch it, the day comes out. Um, so, you know, that, that'll be talked about and, and all that kind of good stuff, but yeah, it's, you know, we're going through the minor leagues and, and things like that. We're, we're talking with all the minor league broadcasters, see what the development is like right now in the franchise. I'm lucky to know a couple of the broadcasters personally. So that makes it, makes it reaching out a lot easier. Just shoot a text and go, Hey man, can, can you talk for like 30 minutes, fill an episode for me? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now is just trying to, you know, one thing I'm trying to really do with Lockdown Angels is is create the culture around the team, and and I've actually praised the Padres for how well they've been able to do it in such a short amount of time, because the Angels and Padres weirdly kind of have some of the similar like lifespans, weirdly enough, here in Southern California, and how there's not a ton of history, uh, at least really good history. I mean, it's like the Angels have Rod Carew and the Padres have Tony Gwynn, and like <laughs> we had Troy Percival and you had Trevor Hoffman. It's like kind of like we have a couple of these guys. We contended a couple of times, have some really bad demons in the past, and the lifespans are fairly similar, Padres and Angels, and fan bases, region. Like it, It's really kind of odd how similar these two teams are historically. So what I've been trying to do with Lockdown Angels, and again, what I've been praising with the Padres recently, is creating the culture around the team and creating the culture around the ballpark and the historical factor of it all, which is what I've always seen from the Angels side of things has been lacking. You look at teams like the Dodgers, your beloved Dodgers, I'm sure, um, how well they've been <laughs> able to, you know, with the dark past at that ballpark, been able to kind of turn it around, not necessarily get the reparations I would like, but, uh, you know, have been able to turn it around and create the culture around the Mexican-American community. Um, and the angels have kind of been identityless for a few years. Um, you know, the O2 team was is certainly was a hotbed. The Socia era, as we're obviously going to talk about Socia today, um, was, was kind of a hotbed of the team and, and just like the, the golden era of this team. And now we can kind of look back at it with rose colored gl- uh, glasses, but, that's been my my main priority is, is creating the culture, you know, talking about food in the area and, and you know, things to do and pre and post and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's that's the long of it. The short of it. Shohei Otani. 
Yeah, but the short of it, Shohei Otani. Yeah. And look, man, look, I've, I've enjoyed a couple of episodes that I've listened to and watched talking about ballpark foods. For people who are watching the YouTube, you might be able to tell I'm a big fan of food. Uh, really enjoy that stuff. Really, very much so. Um, and I think you've been killing it. Also, much better background, I must say, than me. <laughs> I am literally just have a curtain from my por- uh, that leads out to my porch that is behind me, and then you've got like all these pictures hanging up and all the look at that. This stuff. is what happened. It. it looks like a professional. Studio, this is pandemic you know? stuff, dude. This is like because I so I'm a play by play broadcaster, <laughs> and when the pandemic hit, yep, I was just about to say that, yeah. No, no play by play, right? So there was nothing to do. So yeah, yeah. I started podcasting. I created an eight part docuseries, and then that ended. And then I created a movie podcast. And then here we are taking Lockdown Angels. So my career has kind of shifted into podcasting, fortunately slash unfortunately. Um, but I still do play by play here in the area. So that, that part of my life isn't gone. So for my regular workflow, if you want to call that a regular job, uh, I still do that as well. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a, a movie podcast. So oh, you got me. You got me interested. All right. I'm, I'm curious to hear what this is about. But before we kind of uh, continue talking with Steve, guys, let me just take a little bit of a second to talk about something else that is also very cool it is Rock Auto. And guess what it's about? It's about automobiles. You get it? Because it's in the name. It's really sick. And there's computers with access to it at home and in your pocket. So you don't have to worry about this being some sort of, you know, you got to travel. No, you just use it from right while on your phone and stuff. And the best part about Rock Auto is you save time and money when using it. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Doesn't make any sense. For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump, it's $353 from chain stores while it's only $216 from Rock Auto. That is a deal and a half. I wish I could have got that kind of deal on like my PS5 or something. But Rock Auto is also a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They're very reliable. They've got all sorts of parts that you would need from brake parts, till amps, even new carpet. They have everything you can need. So what are you waiting for? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and guys once again i want to thank you for making locked on potteries and locked on angels in this special crossover your hashtag first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms and as i said look we are talking it's locked on padres so while i did get really excited and it is locked on angels well, i really did get excited about you starting up a movie podcast that we might have to talk about <laughs> at the tail end how that whole thing is going because i'm a big movie guy especially because it's a long season man and I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't wait for it to be done. You know, I'm just like officially done. Well, too, I don't think we have the greatest you know? World Series matchup that people really wanted. I don't even think Major League Baseball probably really wanted this one either. That's no knock on Locked On Braves yeah. or Locked On <laughs> Astros. I know those are hot, hot commodities here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But uh, I'm having a hard team finding a hard team, uh, finding a hard time rooting for either of them. I, I'm slightly skewed yeah, Braves. Isn't it? It's so funny. See, so here's my kind of so a lot of people are really against the Astros for obvious reasons, but I, for one, I've talked about the podcast. I'm a little bit over it, but that's just me. Like, it's really funny how every every time I'm always like, I want the supervillain defeat. So for me, that was the Red Sox and the Dodgers. I hate both of those teams. And I, and then it's just like, but then when you get to the championship, I'm like, all right. I mean, but there's no one that I have a fervent hatred for. So in a way, it makes me actually less interested. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the Super Bowl. I'm always like, oh, whenever it's the Pats, it's like, yes. I hope whoever is playing them beats them. Most often that didn't happen. But, you know, it was just like you would really be really into it. And now it's like, 
I mean, yeah, I guess I'm rooting for the Braves. I don't hate the Astros as much as I used to. I think we all have to stop pretending that they're the only team to ever do anything nefarious in the history of sports. But, uh, you know, that's just kind of the place we're at. But before we, you know, I don't want to go too much on on a tangent. We'll save that for the end. We'll save that for the end when we talk about some offseason stuff. But I want to talk to you about Mike Shosha and Mike Shosha and I hate saying that name and Brad Osmus, who are two guys that have been rumored uh, to be in candidacy and talks with the Padres for their next kind of, you know, managerial vac- vacancy, not general manager, but manager, the skipper in the clubhouse. And those are two guys that were with the angels. Brad Osmus was a name that when I first heard it, I was like, wow, that's when like Joe Nathan was a thing. That's when like Josh Hamilton was still on the angels. You know what I mean? Like the, the, these guys I haven't heard of in a long, long time. And I'm just curious, what was your reaction to when you heard that those two guys were potentially names that the Padres were interviewing and then just kind of, you know, talk about like what you felt about them when they were with your respective ball club. Not to, but to toot my own horn. I figured both of them would be in the running um, from the get go because Brad mm-hmm. hasn't done anything in a year. And so just managed team USA at the Olympics. So mm-hmm. right away I was like, okay, well these guys can be two guys. <laughs> like that was the first thing when they, when they, when okay. even like the fake report, not fake report of Jace Tingler leaving uh, or sorry, being fired, uh, shouldn't say leaving the premature. Yeah, the report, premature yes. report where <laughs> Famous, yeah, where they had yeah. to come out and deny it. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like in two days, you're gonna say he's gone. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, even when that came out, I was like, okay, so Sosh because he's very close, and I gotta imagine Brad Asmus is maybe moved back home, but is probably still open to you know moving to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I think they'd be interested in moving to San Diego to you know, manage these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as social is concerned, you know, cause I, I don't know too much about Brad Osmus. We only had him for a year. We, we signed Brad Osmus mm-hmm. for a three year deal. He comes on to manage in 2019. And then he's immediately struck with like one of the worst tragedies in angels history with the, the death of Tyler Skaggs. So he just got thrown right under the bus and ran over 150,000 times. So, and, and then the Angels were playing with injuries and they didn't contend that year. And there's legalities and there's all these big old problems. And then he gets fired. So I feel so bad for Brad Osmus. Mm-hmm. I feel like he got like the shortest potential end of the stick, right? Like he he never really got a chance here in Anaheim. He was signed a three-year deal. They didn't even let him do the three years. They went and got Joe Madden and said, see you later. So kind of a bummer for Brad Osmus. Was I a massive fan? I don't even know. I never even got a chance to learn about him. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we see the Tigers because they're in the AL. So I said, saw Brad Osmus there. I also think it wasn't necessarily his fault that the Tigers tanked uh, because did you see the roster he was working with? Did you see the roster he was working with in 2019 with the Angels and everything he was dealing with? So for Brad Osmus, who knows? I have no idea what type of manager he would potentially be in uh, in San Diego. Potentially, I know that there was some things made of some early season comments in 2019 that I'm now just remembering off the top of my head where, you know, fans were like, he's not analytical enough. He's not analytical enough, makes more analytics, analytics, analytics. And he wasn't necessarily, he was kind of like, well, there's a place for analytics and there's, you know, we should, we work with players. One of those things. Yeah. I like that. He used a different voice for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's that thing. There's that thing. And to be fair, yes, duh, they are human beings. (laughs) Like I'm not, some monster. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as Sosha is concerned, he also got the short end of the stick on his way out of Anaheim. He is the winningest manager and the most successful manager in Angels history. No ifs, ands, or buts. He has almost, I think it's over a thousand more wins than the next guy on the list. 
he is insanely successful. So it's not even it's not even close. Sixty years of Angels history. Mike Sosha will go down as and until the next one comes along and goes for twenty years and wins ninety games every year. Mike Sosha is the greatest manager in the history of Angels baseball. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'll even you know what I'll even toss that in without even looking at numbers of the old PCL days dating back to eighteen ninety. So I'll go ahead and say Sosha is the okay. greatest. Okay. All right. Without even looking, uh, <laughs> just for fun. But so that's where where Angels fans got sour on Sosha when the Angels started losing. And mm-hmm. this is right around the mid-2010s. And, you know, the Hamiltons, the C.J. Wilsons, the Vernon Wellses, um, that era right. of Angels baseball is when things started turning sour. Um, that more so, and you can ask any fan, is more so on ownership, not Sosha. Um, I think... The Angels fans were looking for a scapegoat and they didn't want to admit that it was Artie Moreno because he was still tossing all this money and signing these big names, and getting pull holes and he's getting Hamilton and he's getting all these guys. But Sosha was not the problem. Um, and he was one of those guys, too, that were a little, was a little slow to turn towards analytics. So I'm curious if that is that has to be part of the conversation in every job interview now moving forward in baseball. But that has to be a part of the analytical conversation going forward with the Padres. So if I had to choose, I'd go Soch because I have a longer track record and understanding of where he comes from mm-hmm. as a manager. He was forever a small ball manager. That was the identity of the Angels for 15 years was small ball. Then they get the Hamiltons of the world and start going for the for for the fences. So he is a very smart manager. He is a World Series champion both on the field and in the dugout, uh, you know, longtime Dodger was one of the greatest Dodger catchers of all time, won a World Series there um, and then came here and in three years was able to win a World Series in Anaheim and a team that was sub 500 just the year prior. So he is a very good manager. He might be a little bit older. He's not Tony LaRusso older, but he is a little bit older. Um, so he's not your young Jace Tingler. That being said, Sosha. Uh, is a little bit uh, not super high strung. Like he's a little looser. He's kind of chill about that kind of thing. He jokes with reporters and he's kind of, you know, he'll, he'll be serious when he needs to be serious and he'll fight for his guys on the field, but he's a little more even keeled. Um, and, and at least again, this is outside looking in, but any interaction I've ever had with Mike Sosha or watching Mike Sosha, I, I, I don't know what else he could have done in Anaheim to try and turn it around the later of the 2010s. So, for my money, he is 100% in the running. I, I can't imagine that he isn't one of the top candidates right now. And if Sosha continues his career, again, he, he coached Team USA in uh, the Olympics this year uh, in Japan. So uh, he's getting back into the swing of things here, quite literally. And um, and, and, and I think Padre fans could, could look forward to him. You know, he's a Southern California dude here. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that Sosha would be a pretty good fit if he turns a little more analytical, which is obviously where the game is at now. Um, he, he could handle he could handle your Tatis Machado flare ups at the end of the season. He can, hand, <laughs> you know, he, he could do that and, and he could and he's not going to be one to say, you know, at least I would anticipate now that he's probably had a fresh set of eyes now and has, you know, really relaxed and is no longer, you know, in, in the thick of trying to turn a team around. Um, I think he would be kind of more 3-0. Go for it. 
You know, like that—that's not. I don't think that. Or you need yeah. to apologize, or that, I don't think that would be. I know those were some of the the criticism of Jace Tingler, and, and to my own to my own avail as well. So I don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem moving forward. I could be wrong because who knows if he's actually completely swung in the other direction. Um, but it's. It, I think it would be a decent mix of the older mentality of you know knows the grindstone first to third stealing hit and running that kind of thing um especially in the nl and then also what i was thinking about is you know the nl is probably going to get the dh next year more than likely so it's going to be more right at home for him he wouldn't have to deal with an nl double switch bs so Mm -hmm. i think that Sosha would be a great fit long long of it there short of it yes Sosha, even shorter otani (laughs) steve that was incredible you, you gave you. me the full lowdown. I didn't even have to ask another question. It was incredible. Just an absolute eight-minute monologue on all this stuff. The guy knows angels, man. And it's funny because I agree. Uh, I think that what's so interesting about the Padres is, like, they're clearly casting such a wide net. I talked about my episode uh, yesterday about how the Ozzy Guillen report came out and how they interviewed him last week. And I was like, I don't necessarily know. my. And I also agree with you, by the way, about – I've said for a while, oftentimes the manager's going to be a sacrificial lamb. That's just how this stuff works. It happens in every sport for sure. Uh, It doesn't happen with every team. But usually, in my opinion, teams that consistently are firing managers, it's just not a good sign. Uh, At least that's just for me, a constant turnover. It usually isn't a good idea or um, type of vibe, I guess you could say. But with Shosha and then Ozzy Guillen, I know all the Padres fans want Bruce Bochy. There's something to be said for that. I mean, that Hall of Fame caliber guy. He's won all those World Series with the Giants. He literally was with the Padres and has Padres connections. Um, and it's just kind of like this nostalgia thing almost. Like last time he was managing, you know, Khalil Green was a thing for the Khalil. Padres and Trevor Hoffman and some of those guys, right? Like, so it was, there's definitely some nostalgia to it, but I think that Padres fans should open their hearts a little bit to some other guys. And I think that Shosha could be one of them um even brad osmus to an extent i think it's interesting a little younger uh the the bike show is just a tad bit younger but i think that this team the number one thing that everyone's talking about is do you need that kind of experience you allude to the tatis and machado kind of flare-up which i think in a bottle in a vacuum really wasn't that big of a deal it's fine if there's anyone who's allowed to like kind of you know, have a moment like that with Tatis, it would be Manny Machado, the leader of the team. But there were some troubling things about how the athletic kind of alluded to the fact that this team had an alarming amount of clubhouse flare-ups. To an extent, I'm like, yeah, that's not a good sign. But to another extent, I'm like, well, I mean, they did have the greatest like second half collapse ever. I'd be surprised if there were a lot of flare-ups in the clubhouse. That would be arguably worse if they didn't have any type of like at some point, some person just losing it. Yeah, they're just like, like, and I know everyone loses it and gets angry in their own ways. I've talked about this on the podcast. Just because you're the guy that stares at the wall after losing doesn't mean that you don't care as much as the guy who threw a chair through the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody deals with grief and kind of anger in their own way. Um, and, and that's fine. But I do think that to a degree, it'd be like, I'd be surprised if I was like, wow, that was the only time anyone was like, hey, what are we doing from being talk of the town and having Emma Stone attending games to being this team that's just a joke? You know what I mean, starting yeah. Jake Arietta. In baseball games, so I definitely think that like veteran presence, uh, there's definitely merit to that. Um, whether or not he jumps aboard the analytics kind of bandwagon, I guess you could say is another story. But I definitely think uh, I agree with everything you're saying, especially about they kind of just got rid of him and they had to blame somebody. You know what I mean? You got to blame somebody for what's going on instead of the ownership and maybe you know general manager and player development and stuff like that. It's like manager. 
that's the magic seal. You know what I mean? We yeah. do this in the NFL all the time. You know, let's just get rid of the coach. That'll change everything. Oftentimes, in my experience, it does not. But before we talk about some more type of uh, off-season stuff, now that we've talked about the managers, unless you had any final thoughts on uh, Mike Shosha and, uh, and Brad Osmus. Just that, just remember that he's a winner, too. Just that Shosha mm-hmm. is a winner, like straight up. And I know, like, analytically, that doesn't mean anything. But, you know, he, he manages to win and, and he was, you know, again, a, a fighter. Like he was a, like there, there was a there's a thing in Anaheim called the Socha face, Socha face. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a thing because he, he, he always like he questioned every uh, home plate umpire in the history of the world. He always made a face at almost every call. So there's a Socha face. So that, that's, you know, as a joke. Yes. But as a thing. It, it it mattered. He, he he's a guy that always stood up. He's always and it was everyone would make a joke of it because he kind of like waddled out of the dugout and would run over to try right. and argue. But he would <laughs> argue and he would argue when he felt like it was time. And he would he would stand up for his players and he was always on his player side. And when things you know got tough, people could look to Sosha. He was always there. He mm-hmm. was a great manager in Anaheim. And so if if I had to throw my chips in, especially if you're going Ozzy or, or Sosha, I mean it's Sosha. It's just Sosha, man. It's 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 him. He's one of the best managers. In, yeah, in, he does get that World Series too. In fairness, you know he's got his own. Do you really want to talk about 2005? Do you really want to do that to to an Angels hey, look, fan? Man. Look, there are AJ people Prusinski. out here being like <laughs> AJ, AJ Prusinski. You don't need to get into this at all. Socha was there. Socha argued with Doug Agreed. Eddings. We don't need to get into this. It was it was a little mean. I'm not gonna lie. It was a little foul on my part. I'll throw the flag. Here it is. You know, it just went flying across the screen for those I'm, watching. I'm on clearly YouTube. over I'll throw the flag on that one. I'm clearly over it. 16 years later, clearly very yeah. much over. Hey, look, I'm still not over the my my team, the Chargers losing to the Jets in like 2008. Like I'm still not over that. So I, I absolutely relate. No, they're to right that. here. Dude. They're up the street. Before we talk I don't about Yeah. <laughs> Before we continue on, guys, let me just talk to you really quickly about betting. That's right. Betting's a big thing in sports. You probably are familiar with that. And we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Now, who do I say when I say we? Who am I referring to? I'm referring to Bet Online, and it remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code that you get just for listening to this podcast, Locked On. Really awesome, guys. But they don't just do basketball and football. They got baseball. Listen to a baseball podcast, so obviously they got to have that. They have NHL. They've got boxing. They've got UFC. They're at some point going to have Oscars futures, too. The Oscars, the bane of my existence. They'll have that stuff out there. I know Steve's got a movie podcast, so I thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, guys, remember, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Steve. Let's 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 close this thing out. Sure. Or at least we're almost we're almost at the home stretch. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about the offseason um, and just kind of other things. Look, here's what we do. This is what you have to do when you talk Angels baseball. You say and sh- as many times as you can, Shohei Otani. That's for SEO. You put it in all the SEOs. Stuff. <laughs> you put it there. You go. You put it on a SEO. But you know, I used to think that if you said it audio wise, that that it would pick up. So look, I'm not totally not convinced. I'm not saying that I totally like. I'm just not convinced that they're not the subway that people listen to what we say. Uh, Joe Biden. Uh, so like, there you go. Like maybe they pick up that. And uh, you know what else is trending? Amazon.com. Right <laughs> 
uh, Deathloop, PS Plus, Doc Ock, <laughs> Lightyear, that new Disney movie trailer came out. Yeah, what you know, is so happening I, there? Someone told me that Chris that Evans? was the case. <laughs> What's happening? Wait, wait, yeah. before we before we get into Look, the offseason. It's cute. Is, is Buzz Lightyear yeah. a real person? Do we know this? Is this new information? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, so it's basically Buzz Lightyear, the toy, is based off of a real That's, He's a real person like, now, apparently. Person. I mean, I know Buzz no, Aldrin. I know. Now, it's that the toy... Oh yeah, I know. I know but I know, like I know. in it's, this it's, world, so it's like the toy is based off of human. what this movie. That, but like that wasn't right? like a, that's a like not a ear. thing though, right? Like we, until now, until like today, <laughs> like we didn't know that. No, 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 no. They announced it. They announced it, but no, we didn't know it over the course of okay. the Toy Story movies that there was that that Buzz Lightyear was based off of an astronaut. It's almost like Disney just likes doing spinoffs instead of creating new ideas. Yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> before we. <laughs> It's almost like I love just, planes. They, what are you talking they about? Ten thousand things. Yeah, they announced ten thousand things, uh, and some have planes. <laughs> you know, I always forget that was a movie. Uh, they do too. They, they, you know, it's almost like they just announced ten thousand things, but nothing at the same time. Not to hate on Disney too much. I got love for Marvel and stuff. But um, in terms of some off-season stuff, uh, I think that with your team, it's really remarkable how every single time you sign a guy to a big deal, they become bad. Uh, it's 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 truly like a a next generation level of of, of curse Thanks. that the Angels have on getting that, and that's what stinks because you see everyone's always complaining in, in baseball about how their team doesn't spend any money, and here are the Angels being like, we keep doing that, and then everybody stinks from Albert Pujols who had one decent season, maybe two, uh, goes from being a Hall of Famer to having you know a really bad second half of his career for the most part. Josh Hamilton. Obviously, Mike Chow, he's pretty good. And then you have Anthony Rendon, who is playing through an injury and all this stuff, right? Like, there's always these guys. They do shell out the money, but there's never enough depth and stuff. I'm curious, what are kind of your initial thoughts on the offseason for your team, the Angels? The Padres is going to be hectic and tumultuous as hell for its own right. But I'm wondering about your team. What is the kind of outlook, aside from just being excited about when Shohei Otani is announced as the MVP for the American League? Uh, we are going to be dueling it out for Marcus Stroman. So Angels Padres, mm-hmm. I am ready to go to battle to get Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. He is one of my favorite players in baseball. Let's do I it. I love Marcus Stroman so much. Ding, ding, ding. Let's um, let's start the bell. <laughs> so please, Marcus, I know that you, Marcus Stroman pays a lot of attention to things. So Marcus Stroman, I'm right here. I'm <laughs> right here. It is, it is October. <laughs> what's today? October 27th October. in Anaheim. Yeah, everybody listens to this at uh, October 28th, so both. It's supposed to be 83 degrees and sunny today. <laughs> we ain't getting that San okay. Diego offshore breeze. <laughs> you know, we're not getting that cold chill. Mm-hmm. Come to Anaheim, 83 degrees here in late October. A couple days to Halloween, dude. It's 83 degrees. That's my pitch. Anyway, we'll be duking it out for, for Marcus Stroman it, alongside other teams, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um but it's as a gamer, I'd be really curious I, to have. I'd, I'd love, that love to have that guy. Love that dude so much. Um, yeah, love his mentality. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, there's this little thing called pitching that we like to talk about a lot here on Locked On Angels. <laughs> and the Angels just. Hey, my team too. We didn't expect it, but my team too. Yeah, it's, it's pitching it. all the time. Really, Fangraphs cursed us. You really got after s- raking us the number one rotation for the season. Yeah, you really got screwed. <laughs> you guys really got screwed this year, unfortunately. And, yeah. and hey. I love the Padres. I I've I grew up, you know, here in Southern California, like I said. So Padres have been in my blood. I used to you know, one of my little league teams was the Padres. I had the old pinstripes, um, the old Tony Gwynn pinstripes uh, when I was a kid. So I've always been a Padres fan. Always rooted for the Padres, at least. Love Petco, um, not necessarily a store, but the ballpark. Um, love love that little wiffle ball field in left field. Um, I, I used to love their lobster melt out in left field. Um, so 
Yeah. Also, side note, Petco. I got to visit. I got to visit. Fix your your damn chicken tenders. Chicken tenders at Petco are, mm. are some of the worst chicken tenders. No, they are the worst chicken tenders I've ever eaten in my entire life. Really? Absolutely awful. Maybe, really? maybe it was just me. They're that bad, huh? It was so bad. It's So bad. It, but it's, it's funny because I haven't been to Petco. I live on the East Coast, which is, again, my fandom origin stories is weird. We don't have to get into that now. But, like, I've never visited. And everyone tells me, like, the food by Petco is, is pretty awesome. But you're saying that the chicken tenders. Awful. Maybe it was is, just. is just a, a, abysmal. It's FT. Maybe just a bad night. Know? Maybe just a bad night. But could have been. It could have been. They, it's not impossible. The yeah. oil that they fried them in was clearly old, like clearly old. And both the fries and chicken uh, tenders for like $17 tasted awful. And they both tasted the exact same. It was extremely disappointing. And they didn't have ranch. Wow. Hello. I mean, the same way? It was awful. How do you make chicken tenders and french fries taste the same way? That's some next level. Awful. Like, I mean, it's not the most disparate. You know, yeah. it's not like an apple pie compared yeah. to, you know. Uh, a steak, yeah. you know what I mean? But like, it's, that's still pretty yeah. like remarkable on their part. So come on, Petco. Yeah. If this is true, get, get your act yeah, together. Pretty come bad. Uh, you're already, you have a high reputation. Take it to a hundred percent. Michelada's are pretty good though. Go I'll take a Michelada there. Pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, yes. I mean, we, we, you are, are clearly set up. The Padres are to, to have a better off season and, and move into 2022 with a better rotation um, just by way of getting guys back. Um, the angels don't have that luxury. Um, they'll have a couple of guys coming back. But it's not necessarily anything that's uh, to write home about. So the Angels got to get some frontline starters. Just straight up, no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, Wednesday's episode of Lockdown Angels, we talked all about potential landing options for free agent starters. Need two, maybe three, maybe four. Who co- who knows? Like They need to go out and just get starting mm-hmm. pitching. Just no ifs, ands, or buts. And that's been the case for years and years and years. The Angels have, uh, weirdly, some pretty strong young bullpen depth right now, which is a, a luxury the Angels have not had in a very long time. Um, so they got a lot of young dudes, a lot of college arms that are coming up through double and triple A, and that will likely be ready to make uh, some splashes here in 2022. So pitching is going to be the thing. The Angels need a shortstop. If uh, if you know of anybody, uh, you know, <laughs> you recommend them. Uh, the Angels need a shortstop moving forward. Um, they might need some catching help, and they'll just going to hey, big shortstop market. market yes, so. it is, and that's where everyone's scared that the Angels are just going to go spend on Carlos Correa, and they're not going to do that on Marcus Stroman, Kevin Gosman. And, you know, Mike Schmack Scherzer or Clayton yeah. Kershaw or whatever it is going to be. Or Noah Syndergaard, by the way. Uh, yes, free agent. <laughs> you forget about Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, Robbie Ray. Yeah. Robbie Ray. You forget about All of guy. a sudden, an afterthought, and now he's probably yeah. going to win the Cy Young, maybe. So Forget about all this stuff. You know. um, but, yeah, I, I don't want to run too long. I know we're, we're pretty over on, on time here. But, uh, and, uh, don't worry about yeah. it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, pitching, 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 pitching. We've been screaming it for the last 10 years. We haven't had a true ace since Jared Weaver. I say this every day on Angels, Unlocked on Angels. So if you like me screaming about pitching and the options that the Angels can do, hop on over to Locked on Angels. That's my pitch. My pitch. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Uh, excellent. Excellent work on the on the pun there. But I will say, like, I, I always I, – I'm a little bit of a – of a, of a jerk you know, it, like Steve I'm just gonna come clean I'm a little bit of a jerk and I make fun of fans who are always doing the thing where it's like we need to get a number one starter we need some great starting pitching because like yes yeah, so does every other team in the league so I like classifying it in tiers your team really does actually desperately need starting pitching the Padres are the type of team where like if you signed a Desclafani for example and that was your only big like starting pitching move that's not that bad they're like in the 
the C plus B minus yeah. tier of needing pitching. You guys are in the triple A plus tier where it's like, I was watching what's his face, Dylan Bundy this year. I watched a couple games of Dylan Bundy pitch. I was like, oh my God. I was just like, this is horrid. This Poor is guy, horrid. Man. Obviously, you guys have Otani who we're going to mention really quickly because I have a question for you. But like you guys are definitely in that tier. So while I do make fun of fan bases that are always clamoring for starting pitching, acting as if that's some bold, wow, you should be the manager too. They feel like Brad Pitt and Moneyball when they say that, right? Mm -hmm. So they're just just sitting there like, yep, this is what we need to do, get another starting pitcher. But um, I I definitely think with your team, they absolutely need that. With the Padres, you know, you do have Clevenger coming back. You still have some guys. Snell shows some signs towards the end of the season that I think genuinely were totally legit. As soon as I, I traded him for my streak. fantasy team. As soon as I traded him, he goes and almost throws a, perf- <laughs> a no-hitter. So that was really good. Thanks, Blake. He did, he did it twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Twice. Both of them like, right after on? I traded him. Thanks, bro. Unbelievable stuff. Fantasy sports are cursed. Um, but to wrap up this show, my last question for you is this. I, I call them the freakalytics crowd, the freaks that use numbers to justify anything and often forget that this is a sport played by humans and they overthink things, having takes like, why do we use interceptions as a stat? Dumb stuff like that. I know that's football, but I digress. My last question for you is this. Do you get annoyed at all at the freakalytics crowd saying that it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the clear MVP? How, how does that make your blood boil? Because people are just not simply acknowledging that we had a dude do something that no one has ever done in the history of this league, really. How much does it drive you insane? One, love Laddie Jr. We have so many connections to him, <laughs> Vlad Guerrero, the only angel in the Hall of Fame ever. I mean, there are ain't former angels, but the only one yep. with the angels yep. hat. He is the only one. So as soon as we found out that he's got a, a crazy home run hitting son, we're, we're chomping at the bit. He didn't come here. How did that happen? I don't know how how the Angels couldn't convince to get Vladdy Jr. I have no idea. So that's number one. I will. I love Vladdy Jr. to death. And mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not the first one to say this. Any other year, it's him. Any other mm-hmm. year. But this is this is where I come at here on the show. Hey, front Javier is every MVP season could be the only year a guy ever does it. Not everyone's Mike Trout with multiple MVPs. We have no clue if the same Shohei Otani in 2021 shows up in 2022, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, till the end of time. We have no idea. We have no idea if he gets hurt, if he has a, a, a career-ending injury. All those things can happen. So to be on the camp of going, oh, well, if he does it again next year, then this, this is why I was so mad in 2012 when Trout didn't win the MVP and they gave it to Miguel Cabrera instead. Hey, no knock on Miguel Cabrera. But Trout was the MVP that year. And, you know, and if you want to go back further, Ryan Braun was not the MVP Matt Kemp was. You know, so and, and Matt Kemp never got an opportunity to win another one. So that's where I come at, yeah. right? Is these guys who knows where the career is going to go? It could go completely sour. It can skyrocket. Who knows what the ceiling is for Shohei? We have no idea because we don't know what to expect yeah. anymore. So that's where I go. Look, we may never see that ever again, ever. Shohei could absolutely never do that again. And he even have admitted it himself going, I don't know if I can do that again. <laughs> like That was pretty ridiculous. Even he knows it. Yeah. Um. So I think that's where it, it's like who won best picture in 2008 and you go, oh, I don't know. And then it's some random movie and then you see who lost and you're just like, yeah, 
you know, whatever. I don't know movies. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like a, I'll help you out on that front. If Shohei Otani wins, you know, this isn't like say, uh, you know, Crash winning against Brokeback Mountain, where everyone's like, "What are you talking yeah. about? What is going on here? Crash is not even good." This, you know, it's a tough beat. You know what I mean? There's one famous uh, Best Picture year when it was Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, and The Shawshank Redemption. Forrest Gump won. I don't think Forrest Gump should have won, but it's not like it was some awful yeah, person sure. that like I like Forrest Gump was great, and I I think that it should have probably gone to Pulp Fiction. That's just me. It's really close, yeah. but they're all great movies. I actually have some issue with a little bit of the, the subtext of uh, what's it called, Forrest Gump, but it's so good. So it's not like this is some awful awful beat. Sure. Vlad, like, this is one of the great, great, great players ever. This is more than a Forrest Gump. This is like an all-timer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is good fellow. And he's going to win a like, Silver Slugger. Is, it's fine. I just don't understand that. He's, he's going to walk away yeah, with a Silver it's, it's Slugger. Cool. He's going to win, like, best. He didn't win, like, best offensive player from yeah. Baseball America. He, his awards are coming. Like, it's fine. He didn't have to field as much. That matters. Yeah. Guess what? That matters. What do you take this into account? But the guy Shohei's, did both. Shohei's I the MVP, think dude. I think how how can you say Shohei yeah, isn't? like? You, you can make an argument that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the MVP, but you can't make an argument that Shohei Otani is not the MVP. Yeah, exactly. Could you say, I think Vlad's a better hitter? Yeah, of course you can. But that's the cute thing about this, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? That's the whole that thing. You're missing the point. It's right over your head. That's the whole thing. You're missing missing the point. Um, but before we kind of relitigate that over and over, because that's been driving me crazy and being involved in baseball world, it's just how many people who keep – bringing up the Vlad thing almost as if they're doing a bit and just trying to be contrarian. It's almost like that's how this, this, this whole almost. business works sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I get shout out Stephen A with the Joe Burrow take the other day. <laughs> shout, out, shout out Stephen A with the Joe Burrow take over Lamar the other day. But Steve, this has been a blast and everybody, thank you for making locked on Padres and locked on angels. Your hashtag first listen every day, Steve really quickly. What is kind of some things that people expect upcoming on your podcast? Um, next week, we have uh, our full minor league week. We were talking to every broadcaster and throughout the angels minor league system and even talking to uh, Chris King, who is the voice of the now high a Tri-City Dust Devils, which were formerly the short season a Tri-City Dust Devils of the San Diego Padres. Um, and we talked about the Padres Ooh. a little bit in that. So if you're looking for that interview and you want to get a little Padres nuggets, that's right there on Tuesday. I was in that league in 2016 and Chris and I became friends. And, um, and you know, we got to see Kyle Contrill um, pitch in that league, which is to this day, um, top three prospects I have ever seen, ever. Kyle Contrill wow. was wow. stupid good at, high, at at short season. I mean, it was... No one could touch him. Nobody could touch him. I think we got like a hit off him. It was ridiculous. I was in the, I was in the Rocky <laughs> system. So Cal Quantrill is still one of the incredible him stuff, alongside um, some like Braves pitchers and stuff like that. And it's like it was like Cal Quantrill and Dylan Cease were like the best guys that year and some of the best arms that I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Those those are like one and two. However, you want to slice it. So there are some nuggets of that uh, on the Tuesday episode. We talk a little bit about some old Padres prospects. Um, on the Tuesday one, but yeah, we got a lot of good stuff over there. And if you're a Shohei Otani fan, we're trying to cover Shohei at least once a week. Um, that's how we get the views, baby. But uh, yeah, that's what we're that's what we're <laughs> rolling with um, usually here moving forward. And we, you know, we got our food and drink guide. If you're ever coming out to Anaheim and you want to catch a ball game, you want to catch Angels Padres, check out our food and drink guide. We have pre and post game spots. That's all on my YouTube channel. I'm sure you can find it. Just looked up Locked On Angels. 
Awesome stuff, man. Lockdown Padres and Angels, your first listen. Now, really quickly, let me just say, make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Arm Layton, he's a prospect encyclopedia and a good buddy of mine, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available on all platforms. Guys, Steve, folks, peoples, viewers, whatever words you want to go by, whatever it is, we're all inclusive here, obviously, on the Lockdown Crossovers. Uh, I hope everybody's vibing. Uh, really excited for the rest of the World Series. And Steve, it's been a blast talking to you. And um, you guys are not getting Marcus Stroman over us. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, we will meet and duel it out on the dueling grounds. Awesome, awesome stuff, man. Everybody, remember always, stay faithful.